1: Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me as podcast producer is Handsome Mike
0: Zigler. Oh, hi. Hello
1: Handsome Mike. You always
0: give me that intro. I do. Wow. I do. It's a little embarrassing. Well,
1: it's a little bit true now, isn't it? (laughs) It's just a little true. Hi.
0: Well, thank you for inviting me. It's always nice to see you. (laughs) And I brought you lemons.
1: I know. And I love lemons. From my tree. And I I eat them all up. I eat them raw. That's That's, how I get my good disposition. When you said that, that's gross. I'm like like the local witch. Doesn't it make your...
0: (laughs) Doesn't it make your face all pucker up and get weird? That's
1: why I look like this. Yeah. That's why it's all puckered up. (laughs) And looks weird.
0: That's um, your beauty secret. It is my beauty secret. Okay. <laughs> secret. You never my- know what you're going to learn here at on the That's
1: right. Page. My kids are always like, Mommy, why are you angry? And I'm like, I'm not angry. Oh, hey. It's just <laughs> it's my pucker face. Sorry. Pucker face. Um, <laughs> one of the reasons I asked Mike to come out and produce tonight is because um, he knows one of our guests, and she is the first guest on Mike, and her name is Charmaine Gratte. Hello, Hello, Charmaine. Good evening. And Charmaine, you were on Mike's podcast. The Travel
0: Tales oh, podcast. The
1: Travel, the Travel Tales, Tales podcast. podcast. When Told you were talking about, about her, traveling.
0: Yes, her many trips to uh, Mexico and uh, Morocco. You
1: mean the trips you can talk about to mm-hmm. Mexico.
0: Those those trips. <laughs> she hangs around in uh, fast company. Yes. That's, let's just say. That,
1: that's how I met her. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is bringing back all kinds of memories. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Charmaine is here because we are doing a star student episode, um, otherwise known as um, up-and-coming writer of the moment, but, uh, but definitely star student. We've got Charmaine for the first part of it, and then I'm going to be putting on another star student, Mike Greb. And they've both had some spectacular achievements this in 2014 and going into 2015, and so I, I wanted... Um, them to talk about what's happened this year, how they got there, and what they learned from it. Pretty much. Okay. So, uh, Charmaine, yes, what, what happened? What happened? Uh, let's let's talk about the biggest thing that just happened.
2: The biggest thing that just happened. Um, <clears throat> in October, I was accepted into the Warner Brothers Writers Workshop, which was uh, thrilling and wonderful and um, and exciting, and it's proven to be all of those things that I thought it would be. And it comes after a year of. Really hard work, mm-hmm. and, um, and so I'm halfway through it now, and, and we'll see what the second half holds.
1: Now, we're not going to go into the particulars of yeah. the fellowship because you're in the middle of it right now. Sure. It's very top secret. It has a special knock, a secret handshake. <laughs> it's and, Fight Club. Yeah. There's a little bit of, yeah, there's, there's a special hug
3: too. <laughs> <laughs> sure.
1: Um, but she'll, she'll, tell, she'll show me because, you know, yeah. it's me. But, but um, I guess what people should know with the Warner Brothers Writing Fellowship is, um, you know, thousands of people apply. How many people get in? Eight oh. spaces. Eight spaces. Um, it, it, and it runs for how long? It runs from October to,
2: I think, our
1: last session is in May. And uh, and I'm not going to ask sort of like the particulars of mm-hmm. it. Like I, I said, it's secret. Um, but the people who get in, the majority of them get staffed. So it is a really, really good entry into the world of, t- of TV. Yeah, it's a strong, strong program.
2: And it's a wonderful way to sort of launch your television career. So,
1: okay. uh, tell me about, about what happened just before then, because there was a lot of good news even before that. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it,
2: 2014 was, was a great year for me. Um, right before I heard about Warner Brothers, I got noticed that uh, notification that I received, I think it was quarterfinals, top 5% of Nichols, which was great. I also um, got the semifinals for a spec in Austin Film Festival, and I think it was the quarterfinals, Austin Film Festival for another feature that I put that I submitted. And then the year before, it was finals for Austin Film Festival for a feature.
0: And she did my podcast.:
2: And I did his podcast. Which really? really so, I mean, I mean, you know if we're going
0: to rank if We're going to rank things.) <laughs> Well, did you, you notice know, so we highlights. talked about it
1: first, right?
0: So that yes, yeah, that's we true.
3: We
1: in right yeah, the order yeah, of importance. You, you didn't bury just, the lead. Let's, yeah, let's be honest. of course. When we describe this, it will be Travel Tales <laughs> podcast guest. And these Graft. awards. Right, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So a lot of great things. Yeah. Um, uh, plus, you know, I mean... Every, every every place she applied to everybody loved her let's just say that Aww, you know i was getting nice. a lot of good news from a lot of a lot of people so let's talk about the projects that got the attention mm-hmm. um, one is it just just i think that they were a range of projects right it wasn't just yeah it was a range of projects um, for television it was
2: the americans i wrote a spec for the americans um, and I applied to all of the television programs, television fellowships, all of the networks. I think it was ABC, NBC, CBS, and Warner Brothers. And the first round, they require a spec. And so for that round, I wrote an episode of The Americans, which was you know great and wonderful. And it was funny because the first feature that I ever did, the one that made the finals at the Austin Film Festival was a 19th century period piece. Then the one that got notific- um, won an award for... I think it was Nichols was 1948, and slowly but surely I worked my way up to 1990, you know, 1980s with the Americans. So it was sort of like I'm coming up to like the 21st century. Eventually,
1: eventually <laughs> I will. Eventually I will. And maybe maybe the big pilot that you create that gets
2: on the air. It has. <laughs> I have been instructed to do something contemporary. There were, yes, absolutely.
0: So do these? Um, I don't know how uh, these things work, but when you submit something. Is it something, do they specifically ask for a spec or did they say? They did.
2: Yeah. All of the programs um, specifically ask for a spec. And I think there are different requirements for each of the programs, but across the board, they all require a spec. Some require a spec and then an original piece, which can be a feature or original pilot. Um but yeah, so the, the Americans did really well the first round. And then after that, I submitted a couple of other things that did really well as well.
1: So let's talk about what people said they responded to with the Americans. Mm-hmm. When, so, when somebody's doing a spec of an existing show, did you hear something that people said, okay, we liked it because of this? Was there anything sort of universal they responded to?
2: Yes, I think what they seemed to respond to was the ability to grasp the voice of the characters and really the tone of the show and the themes of the show. I think that's something that I kind of universally heard from everyone that they they really responded to that because when you're staffed my understanding is because I have not been staffed but my understanding is they really want you to sort of create in the voice of the showrunner. So showing your ability to do that in the spec kind of holds a lot of weight for them and sort of is a good indication of whether or
1: not you can replicate someone else's voice. And the next round with this tends to be an original pilot. Yes. So which original pilot did you submit for these for these?
2: I didn't submit I submitted an original pilot for ABC, but for everyone else, they switched a little bit in 2014 and they allowed an original pilot or an original feature. So that's when I submitted the uh, Black Code, which was the 1948 um, hidden Nazi bank accounts in Switzerland. It was a thriller and um, sort of very broad across Europe. It was this sort of chase.
1: She's, she's, she's doing this like little, ah, shuck. <laughs> but, but I read this. It was spectacular. Everybody who Thank read you. it was like, oh my God, did you read it? Did you you got to read this. You know, Thank I'm you. not sure that... I mean, there were certain points that... It, they were. It was so smart that nobody actually understood it because, <laughs> because you really have to have like a certain IQ that n- nobody had who read it, including myself. But we're just going like, oh, but it's powerful.
0: What is it's oh, Powerful. Thank you. And
1: really, really good. Thank you. Did
0: thank you read all these submissions? I did. I did, so did you I recommend did more than that. sending a certain ones in? Or did you,
1: no, I mean, you know, prefer I th- one or I, the other? My job I th- I think with Charmaine and with all my students is let's make this particular piece as good as it can be. And then on a career level, you know, it's sort of up to you and anybody who's giving you career guidance as far as which spec to submit where. You know, I just want to make sure that every piece is as as top notch as it can be, and with Charmaine, it's pretty easy, actually. Oh, you're so Thank you.
2: Easy.
0: Now, in terms of submissions, do you find that students say, "I want to submit to this whatever um, thing," and they say, "I want to submit this"? And do you take? Oh, I don't know if that's your best
1: well, foot forward. Sometimes you know I, know what I, mean? I mean? Do you? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't have to do it with you because I could go like, "That's good." <laughs> well, <laughs> that's really good too. Yeah, whatever. But but sometimes. Well, there. I I. You know I. I'm always hesitant to give career advice because I feel like I'm a content person, but over the years, having so many people do well in Nickel Fellowship and things like that, I do start to get a sense of what they respond to and what they don't, what certain competitions respond to and what they don't. And I'll usually say, okay, well, I think this, you know this sometimes they'll they'll like say submit a broad comedy to the nickel fellowship. Now it's not that the nickel fellowship doesn't take broad comedies, but if you look at the majority of the ones, they tend to be these, you know, really uh, important prestige projects. So I'll say you could submit it You know, um, but if it doesn't do well, don't feel bad. It'll probably (laughs) sell somewhere. Okay. Mm -hmm. It just might not be right for this competition.
2: And I remember conversely, I was very hesitant to submit Mistress of Marmont to the Austin Film Festival back in 2013 because it was (coughs) this broad period piece. um, And you said no.
1: You said, do it.
2: Yeah, do it. it.
1: Because it was excellent. Because I, I, I think, too, when something transcends the stereotype of a genre, when everybody expects it to be a certain way, and you've written something and it's not going to be that way, that's going to kill them. So, like, let's I say I want you pitching all of my projects. Ah, <laughs> um, well, let's let's say like that broad comedy for Nickel, right? Mm-hmm. There's always been an exception to that rule because right. you know like, there's a twist. Like Steve Darchangelo in in uh, Mike's group, um, he did really well with um, a, a, an animated canary project. Oh. Right. In you know two years in a row in nickel, I mean he did really really well. Wow. So um, yeah, there's always that exception because people go, oh this this is beyond what I thought it was going to be. So it's this wonderful surprise, um, which I think with Mistress Marmont Mar- 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 people got um, is uh, we can't. I should ask you this before we got on mic. Can we talk at all about what's going on with that project, or is that in? Are we? Not talking about that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Is, yeah. We are talking about not talking about that. We are that. talking about
1: not talking Just about that. Just in case that. you're unclear. Okay. okay. It- it's going well. That's really all I can say, and I'm not trying to be shady. Or can no. I say it got the interest of some major producers, yes. and that you're working with those producers on it? Yes. yes, yes, and and I mean major producers. So there's that as well, you know, on the feature level. So there's all kinds of stuff. It's all very exciting. It is. It's very I exciting. Really, so tell me what you've learned. You know what? Uh, this has been a, a, a great year. You've had a lot of success. Okay, everybody out there is like, yeah, yeah, she's the golden child, whatever. <laughs> so, so, Oddly what, enough, it doesn't make page one any easier
2: when I start a new project. <laughs> well,
1: actually, I think, I think that is something I'd like to know about. Um, do you think that one of the things – I happen to know you're a really hard worker. One of the things that, that got you to this place is the fact that you're just writing and writing and writing and yes. writing? Absolutely. And, you know, I'm really envious of those
2: people who, you know, can say, can pitch an idea on a Tuesday and then you check back in with them on Monday and they sort of just already have a first draft or people who can sort of just start working at 11 o'clock at night and sort of work through the night. That's just not my process. I've realized that I have to be disciplined in my writing. I have to write, you know, for 10 hours a day, eight hours a day. It has to be very regimented. Um, and in doing that, I think that, I eventually get there. You know, it's not something... It's something that has to sort of gradually come and I have to, That first draft is always sort of guts your soul and then the second draft gets easier and easier and easier. But um, I think for me, the key is consistency. Constantly writing. I think if I have, you know, if I take a month off or, or three weeks, it's just harder to get back into that grind. For me... It's just, you know, whether I'm writing for a deadline, whether I'm, you know, writing sort of just experimenting with the piece, I think for me it's just the continuous, you know, exercise of writing, and it helps me sort of create these, you know, these projects. It'll it'll eventually
1: get there if I just keep on writing. What about networking? Now, Austin, okay, it's a huge network fest. You showed up there. You did very, very well in terms of, of the networking, in terms of meeting people and... Um, making connections. Oh my! God. The, the uh, th- word networking just—I know it sounds schmoozy, but it's—it's also—it's something that writers eventually have you to have do. To so, uh, you know, any tips as to if you get into an event like this, and you know, I—you know—you were, I think, a second rounder. Right or no? You were a semi-finalist. I was a finalist. You're a finalist. What am I even saying? That's okay. Second rounder. That's what? Way to, we to there? knock her down
0: Final, a couple pages, okay. You were like, woo!
1: That was the first year that, that you were was there, the right? First year. Okay. So, so uh, let's say that somebody gets there and they're not a finalist. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of second rounders that get, you know, at, at Austin, but they still have these same opportunities, Absolutely. to meet and greet and hobnob and whatever. Got any strategies for them? Well, I think, you know,
2: just understand the first 48, 72 hours, you are going to feel like the new kid at camp. You know, it's sort of like everyone knows each other and it's a little uncomfortable, and that's fine. Just power through that. And then after that, you know, Franklin Leonard, who obviously runs the blacklist, was just really open um, when I introduced myself. My, I think Mistress of Vermont had scored like an eight and a half or a nine on the blacklist, and so I kind of led with that, and I was so surprised how open and accessible and and really kind he was and really generous, and um, I think that's the thing, particularly for Austin, is that people are there really to support new voices. Austin really is about supporting the emerging writer, supporting the new voices, and anyone who takes time out of their schedule, particularly people like a Vince Gilligan or a Franklin Leonard, people who clearly have, you know... Important things going on. If they're going to take a you know a week out of their their lives, it's really because they're there to support you, and just you know speak to them and find something that connects you. Whether you've applied to the blacklist, whether you've you know, I guess just done a binge of Breaking Bad. I mean, these people really are very open, very generous.
1: Yeah, I think also like you said, if they you did a, a binge of Breaking Bad, okay, so that's you can say, I like your work and be very specific, be very specific about specific, it, right? right. Um, but also if they've spoken, you can also lift up something that they said, and I like what you said about it. Right. People and like to know they were listened to.
2: Yeah, and, and those people have great panels. And you know, Austin gets some of the best people. Barry Levinson was there the year I was there. Vince Gilligan was there the year I was there. And I think Sean Ryan as well. And they host these panels and they're pretty intimate panels. I mean, you have to imagine it's like maybe 15, 20 people. And so you do have an opportunity at the end to sort of go up to them and speak to, you know, whatever it was they said that moved you and sort of connect that way.
0: Is this like, um, I've only been to like how many festivals and and some film festivals, but is it like those where there's, yeah, you have the directors and the writers and all this other stuff, but is there that like sleazy Hollywood factor yeah. of their agents floating around and that kind of stuff. There are
2: agents floating around, but they're not sleazy. I mean, really. It, oh, this really, is a first. Yeah. This is an exclusive
0: here. Yeah, the I, non-sleazy agents were there? I'm, I'm, you know, wow. I, I can't say
1: that's the same with all writing conferences, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> really? You no, know, we had um,
2: Adam Colburner, who's head of Madhouse. You know, he's not an agent, but he's a top, top manager. He was there and he was really accessible. He had a couple of roundtable discussions and he spoke with us and you know, it's, I had a wonderful experience and,
1: I did not. I did not run into any Ari Golds. Can I tell okay. you something? Okay, so Mike, there was uh, one st- former student. He lives in, in Pennsylvania. a Client of mine. A really nice guy. Um, but I think I had bragged about Charmaine through Facebook. Oh, she's she's a finalist <laughs> at Austin. Blah blah blah. And he was like, "I'm going to Austin. I'm going to Austin. Okay. All right. Who are the other people there?" And I sent a list of you know all the on the pagers that were going to be there because they'd all done fairly well. Um, He was live emailing me Mm -hmm. as Charmaine was up there getting her award or whatever. And he's (laughs) emailing me going, oh, my God, she's the most beautiful girl I've (laughs) ever seen. (laughs) Uh, uh, Oh, my God. Uh I'm going to go talk to her. Should I go talk to her? I, uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, it was hilarious. I was like, oh, my God,
0: Good luck to you. Good luck. Is he listening right now?
1: Uh, oh probably not anymore. <laughs> probably not anymore. I did not name your name. You know who you are. I did not name your name. I found it adorable.
2: But, you know, to speak to that, it is nice also having that community of your writers down there and really kind of just knowing that we'll run into someone from on the page or whatever our writer's group is, you know, there are a couple of round town, but it's nice to like stay inside of those communities. If you have, you know, a community, a writing community that meets pretty regularly, it's nice to stay inside of those communities. It's nice to go to the lectures, you know, whether it's the pitch fests or, you know, just going to hear someone speak, whether it's at the writer's store or, or even, you know, I think just staying in the community also helps those festivals become much more productive in terms of networking because you do have a connection. You'll see this person who you haven't seen since, you know, PitchFest back in Burbank. So it's, it's nice just staying in the community and, and being really active with other screenwriters. And one last question for And
1: yes. it has to do with interviews. So you're at a certain level, uh, for a fellowship mm-hmm. and, you know, after you've gotten through your spec and your original, pilot or original feature, there's usually some kind of interview mm-hmm. process. What were some of the common questions or co- some of the common interests that you, that you saw coming at you from some of the interviewers?
2: Well, all but Warner Brothers is um, diversity. I mm-hmm. think that they're the diversity programs, ABC, CBS, and NBC. And one thing that I, I really noticed that people responded to was when they ask, what can you bring to the room? you know, the obvious answer is I'm a diverse voice, which I think it's wonderful that people are reaching out to people of diverse backgrounds to sort of bring them into the staffing positions and add that extra voice there. But what I found people also responded to was, I have a diverse voice, not only because I, you know, I am someone of color, but also because I've had this wide range of life experiences. So I think if you can kind of bring that into the room as well, and sort of be able to pinpoint, you know, interesting things that have happened in your life that will sort of add to your voice and add to your value in the room, that's great as well.
1: Was there any particular story that you'd wanna that, that you check out Mike's podcast. Okay.
0: <laughs> wow. Once she was in Mexico She's on a good. beach.
1: She was good. Mm-hmm. Was, that's, that's, she that's- was
0: attacked by people in Morocco. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's kinda nice that you brought a you diverse personal group. storyteller with you. Really? <laughs> Handsome yeah, right. Seagull. That was very yeah, nice. Yeah, but no, I you know, I've been an aide, a congressional aide, I had
2: my series seven. You know, there were sort of things that I could kind of bring from my background that were that were substantive that could kind of add value to the room, whether it was a political uh if you're really into political dramas and if you have some kind of DC background or political science background, be sure to mention that. Um
0: Did they run the? um, Did all the award winners and people submitting and and for these fellowships? Did they run the list of ages? I mean, like the gamut. I mean, there are people right out of college, and or there are people like in their forties, and everything in between. I don't know. I love
2: like that's the range. Like, (laughs) is that the end of the game? No, I don't know. (laughs) Sixty
0: in this business. Yeah, Yeah.
2: eighteen
0: to forty. No, I I mean, I don't know. I mean, do, do people like? You know, I, 60 submit stuff. I don't, I don't know. Yes, they
1: do. Well, yes, they do. And I, I think that's but part But do they get in? In no way does Charmin de Gratte represent Warner Brothers or no, the know, Brothers Fellowship I, at this <laughs> point. She cannot comment. <laughs> Please
2: send your letters to <laughs> no, Pia Box. I don't
0: know what can work against you in the room and what can...
2: No, I You think know what I mean? I haven't met anyone that did it right out of college, but I have met someone who just finished the USC program, the, um, the master's program. And actually, you know what? That's not true. I do know someone that did it right out of college. They were they just graduated from the USC program, and um, and they got into one of the fellowships. Wow. But I think, like you said, it's you know people from all ages. And I think that one thing that people or or the people that were interviewing me really responded to as well is like I was saying that breath of life experience. And I think that if you're older and you've had success in different careers, I think that sort of adds to the authenticity of your voice and that could be really valuable. I mean, you're not going to have a 25 year old writer that can write substantively or lend their voice in a substantive way on something like divorce or, you know, um, blended families. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, yes, you would want someone who has gone through a similar situation. And typically that happens, you know, Later
1: in life. Sure.
0: I wouldn't know. I'm a 25-year-old yeah, man. We know.
1: We know. Mike. We know eventually. But, but you know, when you have some life experience... Okay, one day I'll get there. That's right. One day I'll get there. That's right, <laughs> that's right handsome young. Handsome <laughs> Mike Siegel. Mm-hmm. Um, right out of college. I just want to say, Charmaine, I, you know, when I think about that I, I, first thing that I handed well, in to how you. How many years ago? I mean, we it's been like five years, something like that? It's been four. four. My God. Mm-hmm. My God. You know, She was but a pup. You know? I was oh. but a pup, and, and she <laughs> was
2: so supportive, and I
1: did kind of come
2: to her, and it was... I don't know. I think even saying raw talent is a little
1: No. It's no. It, it was it was That's very generous of me to say that's raw. that's why she ended up in the groups. So so, so thank, thank, you thank you so much. You have been wonderful in groups and and I think this deser- this success is well deserved. Thank you. Very thank you for much. being here. Thank you Star student. Congratulations. Congratulations.
2: Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. You deserve so, a vacation. <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought we were going to Mykonos. Oh, that's
0: right. Oh, that's really? summer. Yeah. Nice. I've never been.
2: (laughs) Neither have I. You know, Mike
0: usually travels with me. (laughs) Yes, that's true. I followed her to Vietnam and That's right. Where and else? In London? London, London. Sure.
1: I'm going to Beijing
0: Ooh, in April. I've never been. Oh, look.
1: See? I'm going to get him to Beijing. I know. There you go. Or
0: at least get you back on the podcast.
1: I want to go to. Well, can I go to Mykonos yes. too? Yeah, you absolutely. Can I just be like. Yes. <laughs>
0: There's probably some Alessandras there. There's probably a lot of It's
1: them. not. A, a Alessandra's not a Greek name, but my, oh, my like father's. My Your father's father is Greek. Greek yeah. But uh, Alessandra is not his name.
0: Oh. oh this is
1: a mystery, That's right? some
0: shadiness here. I don't. Mm. There's a deeper story in there somewhere. Always, always Alessandra is and Charmaine's going to write that that's story. Right. Mm.
1: Alessandra is my middle name, and it was I took it as my as my last oh, name okay. when I was 18 years old. Hilara Alessandra. It's, yeah, so it's beautiful. my real name. It's just I cut cut off the, the, the Greek part. It just went on and on and on forever.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Papalapalapolis <Yeah>. or something, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. It's okay. A, yeah,
1: I love that design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to get uh, stop talking about me and um, uh, star student Mike Greb. Come on up. Yeah, you. Yeah, the guy on the couch.
0: You didn't get the... Charmaine Degrette, everybody. Uh, oh,
1: Charmaine, Thank Charmaine you. Calls. Come on, Charmaine. that's a, an
0: outro, we call that in the Thank business. Thank
1: you. Thank God you're here,
0: Mike. <laughs>
1: Thank you. God, somebody's here with some hosting abilities, oh. which is good.
0: Well, that was a man, I didn't. I had no idea she accomplished so much. I know. A, man, that's pretty impressive. I
1: don't know about this, like, congressional stuff.
0: You better bring it, Mike. You better. You better. You know, yeah, come up with know, something know, like that. Know. That's that's a tough act to follow. Yeah, good I thought luck. We we're gonna have a
3: break or something. No. Where I can,
0: you know, like.
1: <laughs> no, chill out. No, for a second? no you know. are the break. Okay, so uh, get get up close to yeah, the mic. Get on,
0: get on that mic. Hello. Hello. If you Hello. would. Ooh, so we
1: have another handsome mic on the mic. <laughs> uh, handsome Mike grip. <clears throat> Hello.
3: Hello, how are you?
1: I was thinking about Okay, so you've you've been a student of mine and a client of mine for years. You started as a client because you then moved to Los Angeles. Yes. You were in DC when we first started working together, right? Right. right. Didn't you first come to me as a client through this podcast?
3: I did. Yeah. I- I was a podcast fan and a listener, and I had written my first script, um, and I was like, well, I've got to have somebody look at it. Oh, I'll just have Pilar look at it. And uh, I was really nervous. I mean, it was ridiculously nerve-wracking, the first consult. I mean, I took the day off of work. That's crazy. That's how nervous I I was. don't
1: like it when people do that. Because <laughs> I'm just like, oh, no. Because I'd never had
3: any feedback. No one had ever... I don't even think... Well, there'd been one other... One friend of mine had read... My script, that first script. Uh, so literally, one other person had read it, and this was the first, you know, Hollywood person who you know knew something about screenwriting who was going to going to give me some feedback. So I was very nervous, but it went so well; it went really great. So I pulled one over on him, <laughs> yeah, Hollywood yeah, person. She me in. It, it did. Later. It
1: did go well. His writing was excellent right out of the, out, of, out of the bat. I mean, I was like, Whoa, "Okay, this is good stuff." And we we got to talk about. What to do with it next? Because it really was at a certain level, but it definitely got better and better and better through the years. This
0: was a feature script.
1: This was a feature script. It was. Uh, it was the medical one, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it the, was like a medical thriller, yeah, psychological, psychological, yeah, psychological
3: stuff. thriller in a mental hospital. Can never go wrong with that. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and in the end, it was all a delusion. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. no <laughs> spoiler alert. It wasn't. It <laughs> was. So, so Mike, let's jump to your big success and series of them in this past year? Um, Maybe start with, I don't know, maybe the blood list? What do you think?
3: Uh, Yeah, well, so what happened, that was sort of in the middle of it, I guess, but really what happened first was, so I entered Nickel um, early in the year. I guess it was April deadline, I forget. And you wait for months, you know, and pins and needles to see what happens. And then they announce, I think, in August, the quarterfinalists. And so I entered the maximum three that you could. And then somehow by some ridiculous lottery, like all three got in the quarterfinals, That's which is just right. ridiculous. All
1: three scripts.
3: And one of them, and by the way, just so people don't think that it, it is a little bit who you get as a reader, because one of the scripts, uh, the same exact one, no changes, I submitted last year and didn't get in. So it's, it, a lot of times it really does depend on who you get. Um, but yeah, all three got in and that was great and I was really excited. And then um, one of those scripts, uh, which is Bullies, got into the semifinals... And after that happened, I think, or it might have been before that, um, you know, I got hooked up with a manager that um, Pilar knew. (laughs) And he was nice enough to read the log line and then nice enough to read the script and really got excited about it. So um, he agreed to represent me. And then from that point on, it just kind of got a little, I mean, for me, relatively speaking, versus what, I basically had nothing going on before that. And it was like sort of the minute that he started sending it out. Um, I started getting a bunch of meetings. And, well, this and script was
1: one of these scripts that um, gets passed around. It, it, when Mike was developing it in the, the writing group, every week everybody would be like, whoa, whoa, this is special. Like you, you could just feel it. So it's become one of those scripts that everybody wants to read. It's a great read and it's going to be passed around and passed around and get really good coverage. So I had to in interject with that because it's 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 a very it's going to be a tough sell, you know. Yes, it's it, very again tough it's <laughs> r- again it's a psychological thriller. I want to tell everybody uh, just what a, what it's about? Yeah, I
3: mean basically it's a psychological thriller, but I guess the twist is that it's set in high school, which is a little unique for this type of thing. It's take it, it's very Serious, And um, it's a very grounded kind of psychological thriller. Uh, basically a bullying-type story. I mean, the inciting incident is essentially this kid is just humiliated in front of the whole school in the worst way you could ever imagine. It's like our worst fear.
1: And it's not like your typical humiliation. It's you horrible. know It goes on and on and on. We were cringing in the group. Like, oh my... It was hurting everybody. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's pretty bad. And uh, so he basically... I guess the cool thing about the script or the way it goes is you know he, he goes home, he, he gets a gun, he puts it in his book bag, he goes back to school, you think it's going to be this Columbine thing, and instead he goes over to the, uh, to the um, you know, cool kid's table in the lunchroom, and he instead of pulling out a gun, he pulls out a sandwich, and he sits there and he says, you know what, I'm not leaving, and you guys are going to have to hang out with me, because otherwise I'm going to turn you in, and you're all going to get kicked out of school, and your futures are ruined. And So he sort of blackmails them into, you know, insinuates his way into the group. And you sort of think for a while that that's what he's up to, but then it turns out he's got other things going on, and there are a lot of misdirects, and it gets really, you know, you're not sure who's, who's in on what, what he's up to, and, and it kind of just unfolds from there.
1: It's got a good twist ending, too.
3: Can we assume this is autobiographical? <laughs> uh, a lot of people have asked me that. It really isn't. Uh, no, it's not based. I, a couple of characters are, are, you know, like anything, based on people I knew in high school. But, uh, no, it's not. Thank God it didn't really happen. Thank God. <laughs> I always think of it like a high school
0: script it's something that's so universal in a way, and they never go away right there's always a market every generation has their own high school movies that they love
1: well what 's interesting about this script is I think it could change the genre because there's been high school movies and there' been psychological thrillers, but it 's very hard. This mashup is something i don 't think we 've seen before, so that 's why i 'm hoping like if it if it actually goes past just being an excellent writing sample, which it is and somebody takes a risk and buys it, I think that it would become a, a generation's... Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's how much I like this. No, that's no. I, I, I...
0: Well,
3: that's the hope. Gosh, it's, uh, yeah. It is hard to do. I found out a lot of interesting things you know, going through the process, and, uh, and actually you know, this might be something of interest uh, you know, to the audience, but doing anything about high school can be a little challenging. Um, you know, It doesn't go international. You know that's one of the problems with a high school type script. They don't sell internationally, so right there you kind of knock out a bunch of people uh, who might buy it. So you know, commercially, it's it's tough to do high school stuff unless it's sort of broad comedy type thing. But you know, to do in this genre of thriller kind of thing, people get squeamish about it. You know, you got kids doing bad things to each other. That's like kind of a lot of people just want to stay away from that. Um, in this particular script, I mean, hopefully it's not exploitive. I mean, I really have a point that I'm trying to make about bullying and stuff, but it's not beating you over the head with it. It's sort of in a more kind of, I don't know, there's no, there's no big speech in this script. There's no, nobody stands up. It's not the, how about a slow clap? Ball. Nobody, yeah, no, there's, there's no slow clap.
1: Nobody's allowed big speeches. Yeah. There's no, in, if you're in my group or I'm looking at your script at all and you have a big speech, say goodbye to it because <laughs> you'll never see it again. Yeah. You know, you get a chance to read it in group and then it will go in your precious moments folder <laughs> where no one will see it. Um, so, so uh, I cut you off. You, so, so um, the manager was getting, getting your script out there and it was getting you meetings immediately. Yeah. So, so tell me about the kind of meetings you got, because I would imagine now this is, like like we talked about, they may not buy it, but they want to talk to the guy who wrote this script because this script is having an impact on them. Yeah, tell me about that.
3: Well, it's really interesting how it works. Um, you know, basically, it's so funny because you go in. I mean, basically, yeah, it gets sent all over the place. People get it from my manager, and then they it all. They also send it to all their friends, and, and they have tracking boards that they, that they're all sharing. And sometimes, you know, they'll they'll put it up there too. So it kind of just virally goes everywhere. But in terms of the people that really liked it, um, but they couldn't buy it for whatever reason. I mean, in some cases, it was just too small for them, or they don't do really dark material. or There were many reasons why somebody wouldn't buy it. Um, but, yeah, they, they call you in for what's called a general, which means that you're not pitching anything, and it's not about anything. They just want to meet you because they like your writing. Um, but they've already passed on the script. So you know that going in. You know they've already passed. It's not an issue or anything. It's not awkward. So you walk in, and, um, yeah, and you, you walk in there, and it's just uh, you sit there for about an hour, and you kind of just chat with the person they want to know um, you know when you started writing and where you 're from, and you know you just you kind of you find out a little bit about each other and um, they want to know what else you're working on, so you know you have to be prepared to kind of talk a little bit about things you're working on and or make something up you know and uh and you know it's it's i've found i 've probably gone on about twenty of those meetings so far in the last four months wow. um, and it's uh yeah it's been really. Really cool, and then at the end, of course, you want to make sure that it's pretty clear that you're willing to take assignments and stuff like that. And a few meetings that I've been in, you know, at the end they'll say, "Hey, you know, we've got this thing coming up. You may want to send us your take on it." And so I've done that a couple times, and uh, you know, it's it's really cool. I mean, it's been a really fun process. I am- I've been amazed at you know you <laughs> you watch movies about Hollywood and stuff like that, you know, and it's this mysterious thing going into a studio you know you're going you're going on the lot and you're you're going into the studio office and everything and and it's a big executive but i mean really it's it's just like they're totally normal people and, they, and it's very down to earth everyone i met with is very very down to earth and it was a very you know the meetings are very low key they're not high pressure it's just one or two people in the room and they're just, you know, and you're just casually sitting there on couches kind of chatting really. Um, so generals, I'm sure that pitch meetings are a lot more, you know, those are a lot more structured. I haven't been in one of those yet, but I mean there you've got a point you're making and they're gonna be, you know, peppering you with questions and stuff like that. But at this stage, just doing the general meetings is really a nice process. It's just a great way to get to know people. A lot of the people have given me their cards and I've been emailing with them and, and so that's probably about eighty percent. Of the people will actually just give you their email, and you can start sort of a personal relationship with them, which is great.
0: They all want to meet the sick psychopath who wrote this dark yeah, movie. What I gotta see, I to see what, what, he's, really. what this guy's about. This guy has got to be afraid. We have just got to
3: see what, he, what, what he's about. Yeah.
0: My favorite part of those general meetings is when they go. Who else are you talking to? Who else are you meeting with? That's. It's like so that's when you yeah. realize. Oh, they don't. Nobody knows anything. It's just well, like. Oh my God. they just. Okay. Is are you? Do other people want to talk to you? Because well, then I want to talk to you more.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> it is kind of like right. that. It is. A, who else are you dating? Who else mm-hmm. you know?
3: And it, even if you're not talking to anybody else say you are no that's the funniest thing because i'm like <laughs> i'm sitting there going you know i've never done this before and I'm, I'm kind of like this is such a new experience and i'm feeling so grateful to even be able to get into these meetings which you can't get into generally they're very inaccessible people unless you have representation and you have a script that they've read and liked i mean otherwise you're not going to get in there and so you get in there and they and but the, but they're all they're the ones that are like oh thank you so much for coming in you know you need a water and stuff and treating you like you know, it's just really interesting, you know? I've only and come in get...
0: these... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. Yeah. I've only come to, I've only had those meetings as a performer... Right. ...where you have to, like, amp up yourself so hot... You know, you've yeah. got to be on, you know? And I just don't know... I don't know. A writer's meeting must be different. If they ask you for ideas, do you hold... No, it's...
3: it's I don't want to say that it's not a little nerve-wracking. But yeah. You right. do have to talk about yourself, which I'm trying to do right now, and having not a great... You know, it's, it's just difficult to do, but it's the same thing in these meetings. They want to know everything about you, and you know, how'd you come up with the idea for this? Like if they like the script that like, you'll talk a little bit about the script that they read that, that they hopefully like, cause that's why you're in the meeting with them and they'll tell you why they liked it and how'd you get the idea. They always ask like, is it based on your personal <laughs> experience? And I always have to say, no, thank
0: God. Have you ever come across someone who like, you get the sense like halfway through and go, this guy really didn't read it. <laughs> he, made, he skimmed it. This guy skimmed. Oh, that would be th- three know. quarters of the people. Yeah, you never know. they <laughs> oh, really? You think?
1: Well, yeah, they're reading the, the
0: the coverage. They're
1: reading the coverage. Yeah, they they it got great coverage, right? So then they took it home on a Friday. And they were supposed to read it by Monday and they read half of it and they and they totally agree that the, the writing is completely sharp and they also agree that it's probably not for their company. They know enough to sit down with Mike and they know his voice and all that. Yeah. You know, they've got to read the whole script of something that they might actually buy. You know, and I'm not saying it's unsellable. It to me it is you know, but it's it, it's a you, sundance you were brought it's, in. It's like a
3: Sundance independent film. It's not gonna be a major studio, but that's fine. It's. I mean, it opened a lot of doors.
1: It absolutely yeah. did, and that's what you really want with a, with your script, especially at this sort of baby writer level. Um, baby
0: writer, <laughs> baby writer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so after. <laughs> Come
0: here. Do we do we do? We're giving him noogies right now in his head.
3: <laughs> I, I wish do. everyone could have seen Pilar doing that. Yeah, that show. was really good. I mean, <laughs> I really got that down.
1: Oh, tell them about the blood list.
0: Go oh yes, the blood I'm list. sorry. So, What's the blood
3: list? Yeah, so in the middle of this whole process, I, I already had a manager. It was a couple of months in, and then suddenly he just emails me one day and says, "Hey, Mike, check check this link out." And I go to the link, and, and I'm on the, the blood list, which is apparently is, um, it's sort of like the thriller horror version of the blacklist kind of. It's, it's, it's just for those type of genre scripts, and it's a lot smaller than the blacklist. I think it was about 13 scripts or 14 and uh, i guess it's 13 cuz that's like kind of like a
0: Ooh. scary thing
3: um and yeah so i got on there and it was ranked i was ranked about in, in the middle somewhere which was really cool but i mean when that happened then everybody who jeff had my my manager jeff portnoy by the way awesome yes manager. jeff jeff
1: was actually on this podcast jeff portnoy mm-hmm. um and yeah he's
3: he works really hard he's he hustles like you wouldn't believe and i'm just i mean i'm beyond lucky to have him in my corner but uh, he so when that happened all these people that he had sent it to and hadn't been getting a response from and all that they all wanted to read it at that point there were other people who just were randomly contacting him who had read it because they just found it somewhere like he doesn't even know how they got it it was just virally going around town so i mean the bloodless thing was definitely a big boost you know in the middle of the whole process and then i got a whole another round of meetings and so yeah this stuff can kind of um And I still to this day don't know how it got on there. Um, I guess they, they take votes or something. It's kind of like the blacklist. And so some people had already read it around town and had voted for it, so...
0: So these lists are the, the top unsold screenplays that are floating around?
1: Yes. Yeah. So the blacklist is the most well-known. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so now a couple other lists are you know, coming on up. Yeah. And, and so this is, this is a, a really big deal. And it's know? not a
3: horror. I mean, it's not a, it's just, th- this list is for like dark thriller slash horror. So this, this bully script is not really a horror. It's more of a psychological thriller, but I guess still got on there.
1: So, so what's the strategy now? What, um, let's say, I mean, you took these, these meetings and they've th- thrown some projects at you and you've written up some takes on them. Um, if they like them, you would go back in and, and probably do some more pitching and, and see if you get the assignment.
3: There's that. Well,
1: what else, what else, what is Jeff asking you to do right now as far as writing new material? What, what's next?
3: Well, so what I'm doing right now, one of, one of the meetings I went to, one of the many meetings with a producer, um. I ended up, I'm, st- I'm working with him now on a new script. We're sort of developing something, so that's one thing I'm working on. I'm doing another spec on my own that's kind of a heist thriller type thing. And then I'm, and I'm in the middle of sort of outlining that. And then I have a TV pilot that I'm trying to finish. So I have like a lot of different things that I'm trying to get done in different areas. Um, in terms of assignments, you know, I think the, at this stage, you know, you want to keep your expectations Pretty low for that, just for the immediate future, just because it's such a competitive thing and they're dealing with writers that have credits already. But it's really just getting in the game in terms of telling them, yeah, I'm available and everything like that. Plus, uh, a script like this, um, the one that they know me for at this point, is a very, a little more of a non commercial type script than maybe they're looking for a sign, looking to assign out. So, kind of my, my goal is to write my next one, I think, has to be a relatively, you know, a much more commercial type script. And then if they like that, I think, you know, the assignment stuff will kind of open up from there. But So that's what I'm trying to do right now is do something a little, um, little higher budget, a little more of a commercial thing that hopefully will still be cool and edgy and all that fun stuff. But um, that's, I think, my main goal right now.
1: Now, uh, for you, it's also been how many years since we started working together? Has it also been about four years?
3: Uh, unfortunately, it's been more than that. Five, yeah? Um, I think it's been at least... I think probably that first consult with you was maybe six or seven years ago.
1: So people should know. this. It, it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. The, the, the similarity between Mike and Charmaine is that they both work their butts off. They're constantly working. Plus, you both have a good sense of, of the industry. You know, you've, you've both kept your eyes open and your ears open as to what's really going on and, and trends. Mike, you know, you uh, Mike was actually out on the show before, uh, if anybody's wondering, is that the same Mike Greb? Yes, it is. <laughs> Mike was on the show, what, like two years ago, talking about yeah. trends in TV at the time because your day job is a pretty sexy day job, actually. Ooh, we, what is we, this? We all hate Mike because sometimes he can't come to Sunday Group, like often he can't come to Sunday Group because he's like at an Emmy party. Oh, yeah. wow. Tell, tell everybody a little <laughs> bit about what your day job is. Yeah. I just go to parties. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, well, I do pretty
0: much. He's the
3: new um, George Hamilton. Right. Yeah, right. yeah exactly. A, yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: Got to work yeah. on the tan, but mm-hmm. okay.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So I covered the television industry for a trade that if I said it, no one has heard of it, but it's a very insider trade that a lot of the executives uh, read. And so, um, part of that is uh, part of my tough duties are going to parties. But I, But because of that, I know a lot of people on the TV side of the business. Um, so, I don't of course, know you any, write
1: features, which makes yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. no sense at all.
3: Um, well, you know, it's, it's interesting because as a journal, I'm technically a journalist. Um, it would be very hard for me to pitch myself to people that I'm interviewing. So I can't really do that anyway. That's part of why I gravitated to features because I, I really couldn't figure out how to bring those two worlds together. I think I'd have to be out of that job before I could sort of... Make an entree into TV But trust me If I ever am I'll be making full use Of the people I know In the TV industry You know
1: you guys Come to think of it Might have been in similar Rooms on these press junkets
0: Oh yeah I used to do a lot of uh, Interviews and press junkets And stuff Yeah, yeah. yeah For movie junkets Yeah Yeah Cause, yeah.
1: cause uh, Mike Mike Was this uh, TV TV. What what did you do? I- <laughs>
0: I hosted a show called TBS Movie Extra on uh, TBS where it was a movie interstitial. So so it was produced at Extra.
3: So cool. we got all the yeah and there was all like all these
1: pictures of Mike. So with he was very cool, the
3: handsome, cool, no. on air guys, and then we're all like <clears> the the just like drag <laughs> over here, like <laughs> ink stained wretches, like sitting around a round table
0: with yeah. their uh, little handheld right, recorders. Right, exactly. <laughs>
1: it could be worse. You could be a groupie like me, which is really all just
0: hanging out at the set. <laughs>
1: like you got you just got to see the the premiere of uh, Better Call Saul.
0: Yes. Is that right?
3: God, it's so good.
1: You stink so bad. <laughs> I'm so jealous. It's
3: gonna be so good. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. It's uh yeah. So I get to go to some of these premieres, which is fun, and uh, and see things ahead of time, and you know all that. I get the screeners and all that. So it's really yeah. It's 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 there are a lot of nice perks to the job. It's also a lot of uh, it's a lot of stuff that is annoying, and you know it's a lot of hard work in a lot of areas, but you do get a few of those little nice perks. So your focus was
0: always. Features? It wasn't you didn't go into it wanting TV, or was that something well, you, you were know, really looking for?
3: I've always thought it would be nice to get staffed at some point, but you know, and you could do a separate podcast on this, but it's a whole, that's a whole universe of uh, it's a very pay your dues type of thing, and you really do have to start unless you get a wonderful fellowship. Yeah, like some people, <laughs> <laughs> like some people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but even that's hard work to get staffed, even even when you've already you know, you're ahead of the game there. It's, it's, it's a tough thing to break into, but I think that um, it's it's never been a better... The quality's never been higher. You know, in mean, television, it is... They call it the golden age of television, and it really is because, you know, you have shows like, you know, what Vince is doing, Vince Gilligan and other people. They've really just elevated it to an art form that in some ways is, is becoming a higher art form than movies at this point. Well, um, I
1: was thinking bullies would also be an exceptional... Um, Sample for For getting you staffed If that ever came up You know what I mean it's, it's got a certain kind of voice That we are finding on TV right now Yeah Anyway I don't know I'm not your manager It could be a 10 part
3: <laughs> It's a 10 part anthology series Ooh, yeah. I like different this. Um, different bullying situation every season. So I'm maybe we uh, go talk to Ryan Murphy. Okay, mm-hmm. do that.
1: Do that, Mike. I want to thank you so much for being here. Um, again, I am super super proud of you as well. Oh, thanks. Um, I I don't have a favorite here. I am <laughs> equally proud of you and Charmaine. I love you both the same. I just want to <laughs> let you know. Um, I want to also. Oh, I'm bringing my computer over so I can really really look at this here. You're going to
0: show a Photo um, of something?
1: No, no. I I couldn't print this out, so I'm just looking off my computer. But we had a lot of successes this year in 2014. I'm going to brag a little bit more. Um, there were eight quarterfinalists from on the page for the Nickel Fellowship. Wow, eight of them. Um, we also had um, three second rounders from from uh, for Austin. In uh, oh, I'm sorry, not three. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six of them. Six of them. Um, uh, Josh Renfrey was a semi-finalist for Blue Cat. Nadia Madden won the TV Writers People Pilot Contest. Jimmy Monick won Faden's Best Family Screenplay Contest. Jeff Shevelitz won Real Writers... Uh, Natasha Lewin won uh, for the Laugh Factory's Comedy Ninja Awards. Joe Gold, who's been on the podcast before, won for Junto Box Films Insta Film Competition. Robert Woolridge, winner of Breaking Walls thrin- Thriller Screenplay Competition. Tom McCafferty, winner of the GI Film Festival. Um, oh, Andrea Stewart was accepted into the National Screenwriters Institute in Canada, which is huge. Um, Elena Zaretsky was a finalist for Warner Brothers. Um, Jude Roth had a script sale with uh, the Latino Public Broadcasting and PBS. Cody Chamberlain had a script sale with Fox Studios. Bonnie Cahoon is in development with A&E Studios. Um, Mike, of course, was signed with Jeff Portnoy. Tracy Lehman was signed with Gersh. Jennifer Cram was signed with William Morris. And yesterday, I found out that um, my um, my clients <laughs> uh, from yeah I'm like what? losing it Melissa Roush and Winston Beagle. Um, and Melissa Roush, you'll know her as Bernadette on The Big Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I so that's so, the name was familiar. Um, they're a husband-wife writing team, and they wrote something called The Bronze, and it wa- it opened at Sundance, and they got a sale out of Sundance with Relativity for three million dollars. Wow, so that happened. I just read about it yesterday. I'm so so thrilled for them.
0: So good year for on the page.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I had to do a little like. Yay, writers. You guys That's really awesome. rocked it this Congratulations
0: year. Congratulations to you, Pilar.
1: And, you know, and I get to bask in in, yes. in their glory and they I wrote go, some hilarious Pilar tweets, who?
0: so I'd like some
3: kudos on that. <laughs> Do you get a commission? You get a commission on that? A I, consulting commission.
1: I, I get pride. That's what, as Aww. you can tell, I got a lot of it. A giver. <laughs> so so, thank you, Mike, for being here. Thank you, Charmaine. Thank you, Mike Seagull, for producing. No, it's always do, a pleasure. How do people um, get to see the Travel Tales podcast?
0: You go to TravelTalesPodcast.com, and we're at Travel, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. And I'm also Funny Mike on Twitter.
1: You are Funny Mike. Oh, what a guy. <laughs> and everybody, remember to go to onthepage.tv if you'd like to take a class here, if you'd like to look at some um, video classes online, um, if you do want to consult. Uh, make your appointment now because I'm scheduled into June at this point. Um, but I would love to be your first draft deadline. So feel free to get in touch. Um, I think June. That's about it. June, baby wow. June. Wow. Yeah. You're really
0: booked up. I
1: am. That's why I'm such a...
0: So that include lunch too? <laughs> no lunch? No lunch. Wow.
1: No lunch. Jeez. Okay, everybody. Thanks again. Thank you for listening and have a good writing week. We'll